Hey, this is Nikki McCrary, lead pastor at Eastern Heights Baptist Church in Statesboro, Georgia, where we exist to be a life-changing church. So as you listen, I pray that you will be encouraged in your walk with Christ and that your life will be forever changed as you grow in your relationship with Him.
for this season that we do gather. I thank you, Lord, for um, the love that you've given us. Lord, I just pray that you be with Brother Nikki as he brings your word today. Lord, just speak through him. And Lord, in, the, in these moments, Lord, just open our ears and our heart to receive it the way it's intended. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. What a great, great time of music this morning. Thank you, worship team. It's always great to have Richard on the cello and Julie on the keys. They are uh, usually over every Sunday leading the uh, traditional worship service during this hour, so it's good to have them join uh, the praise band this morning for that uh, great Christmas music. What a great time to celebrate the reason for the season this morning. do want to wish you Merry Christmas uh, because uh, by this time next Sunday, it will have come and gone. So Merry Christmas to everyone. You all look good today and all your Christmas attire. So we're, we're glad that you're here and glad that you've joined us. If you have your Bibles, find Matthew chapter 2 is where we're going to be today. What a great time of fellowship we had this past Sunday night for our Christmas party. Not only did the staff receive their bonuses, which, you know, is always a nice thing for us as staff, but we had a great, great time playing Christmas Family Feud, right? And J.C. Kirkland and Kayla Fuller, along with Mike and Jan Pounds and Mike and Carrie Fritch, they kind of showed the younger group how to do it, okay? I mean, they, they won. It was a narrow win. They, they won by one question. And the, the losing group was Dylan and Katie Honeycutt and uh, Logan Anderson, who plays our guitar, and, and Jordan McCumbers, who leads our worship. And then we also had uh, a new uh, couple uh, by the names of Jonathan and Allie Tanner. And so it was kind of a, a little bit of our younger ones against the older ones. And, and so our younger ones lost by... One question, but 
I heard some rumblings that the younger crowd really wanted to go with a different answer, but Dylan just had to say the one that he thought was the right one and ended up losing it for the whole team. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's, that's just what I heard. But we had a packed house, and we had a fun time. So uh, uh, just uh, glad to be able to enjoy that fellowship together because not too long ago we weren't able to get together and do that. So we have many blessings to be thankful for this year. If you've missed the last few weeks, we have been in a series called Advent, and like we've talked about, not everyone knows what Advent really is, but we're covering basically four traits that surrounds the birth of Christ. It's the hope that he brought, it is the peace that he brings, it is the joy that he gives us, and then today we'll be talking about love, and then on Christmas Eve, we'll be lighting the Christ candle, signifying that he has indeed come. And so Advent is about us looking back and the anticipation that people had for the coming of the Messiah, all right? And also for us today, it has us looking forward that with anticipation as well for the time that Jesus will return to earth again and take those who believe in him home to be with him forever. And those who are dead in Christ shall rise first. And so we have this hope of heaven that we look forward to Jesus returning us, spending eternity with him. And so it's been a weekly reminder this season of Advent about the real meaning and the significance of this particular season of the year. And it's helped us to focus on the one single event that changed history forever. And that was the coming of God in human flesh to this earth to live among us. Now, up to this point, we've been kind of taking one or two different characters of Christmas, kind of focusing on their part of the Christmas story to help us talk about hope, peace, and joy. Well, today I want to take kind of the whole big picture of the Christmas story as we talk about love today. And as we do that, I want to try to direct your attention to the fact that there's a lot of different people involved in the Christmas story. And I want you to notice the wide variety of people and how diverse they really are and, and just the contrasting differences that each character really brings to the story. But when you put it all together, as they all come together, this, this cast of Christmas, what I hope that we'll see is this beautiful picture of how that Christ unites us in love despite all of these major differences that we're going to see today. In a world today that has so much division and so many differences, we really need to be reminded of this message today. Um, you know, as we walk through this story in order, you first of all come upon Zechariah and Elizabeth, right? We talked about them last week. Next stepping into the story is Joseph and Mary. So right off the bat, we see the contrast between the older and the younger. And one of the things that I brag on about Eastern Heights Baptist Church, wherever I go, is how diverse we are in our ages. I, ages. I say, you know, we've got a lot of senior adults. We've got a lot of young people. We've got a lot of babies coming along. We've got three babies coming in in the next few months. Did y'all know that? And, uh, and I, now look, I was just told that, okay? That's, that's all I know about that. All right? Just want to make sure. But anyway, we've got babies coming. We've got a lot of older folks. And, you know, that's just a beautiful thing here that we get to celebrate is the diversity of ages that we actually have in our church. And so I want us to look at that as we come into this picture and this cast of Christmas and, and the fact that even though we are diverse, that yet Jesus unifies us 
all together. And I think that's the main point that he wants us to see today. And so as you look at Elizabeth, she focuses on the past and the older things. Mary focuses on the new that's about to come. And that's the way it is here at Eastern Heights. Our senior adults, they remind us of the great things that God has done in the past. Our younger generations, they help us to focus on the great things that God is still yet to do here through our church and his people. And so we see this in uh, Elizabeth and Mary. We also meet the shepherds, right, and the angels. So we see the difference in the contrast between the spiritual beings with the angels. We see the physical beings with the humans. We see that contrast between the physical and the spiritual. And then as they head toward the stable, we see the difference between the animals and the humans. We see the diversity of God's creation right there. And then finally we come upon the wise men, the magi, they're sometimes called. And I want you to look with me in Matthew chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, as we look at their part of the Christmas story. It's a very important part. It says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, Where is this Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so I can go and worship him too. Now we know that to be a lie, as we see later on. After this interview, the wise men went their way. And the star that they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave... They returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. You know, we're not entirely sure who these mysterious three men are. We know they came from an eastern land. We know that they had been following the star for a very long time. The reason they had followed this star for such a long time was they had come with the purpose to find the Christ child and to worship him. Some scholars even think they came as far as the, the country we would know to be China now. We don't know that for sure, but it could be that. But regardless of who they were and exactly where they came from, we know that they are people of nobility. We know that they are wealthy people from the gifts that they brought. And so because of all this, we see once again God bridging this gap of diversity and the division that we see in the cast of these Christmas characters because the wise men, they were completely opposite from the shepherds, right? And Because and, they were lowly. Shepherds were lowly. These guys were noble and very rich. Just a complete contrast 
of the two. And then one of the most misunderstood foundational parts of their story in this is that they were known to be what we call Gentiles instead of Jews, right? And who had the Messiah come for? He had come to be the king of the Jews. And so the wise men being included in the Christmas story only solidified this radical idea that God had to bring Christ to the earth in the form of a human being and that the Messiah not only brings salvation and restoration for the Jewish people, but that he has indeed come to restore and to bring salvation to all people. You know, and I believe that message rings true today, and I believe we need to hear that message more than ever before. Jesus has come to all people, not just a select race, not to just a select socioeconomic group, and certainly not to just a select handful of people uh, to the neglect of all others. That is not the Jesus that I know of. That is not the God that I know who sent his son Jesus to this earth. And so I think it's important to notice, uh, again, this contrast of these wise men showing up and how that no, no one from the religious community had been invited. There were none of the spiritual VIPs at the nativity scene, right? None of the Pharisees were there. None of the Sadducees. None of these religious groups that had been formed and were supposed to be in the know about everything. They weren't even present. But it was these three wise men from a whole different race who had shown up and traveled this great distance to worship the new King of Kings and Lord of Lords. This cast of characters that God had assembled for this particular time, the arrival of his son on earth is absolutely spectacular. And it went way beyond the expectations of what we might have thought of and what we might have planned. And I promise you, it definitely, definitely exceeded the expectations of those who were actually living at that particular time because they were living out this division. They were living in this culture of divisiveness, and, and they knew more than anyone what all this meant. And so for us, this group at Christmas, they just kind of look like a ragtag bunch of people that had been brought together, right? But to the Jews and the Messiah that was to come, this was outright blasphemy for this to happen the way that it did, that the Messiah would enter the world this kind of way among such a lowly group of people. This was not the way it was supposed to happen. But when you put the whole story together with all these casts of Christmas characters, Jesus brought together more through his birth to bring about unity than anything that had ever happened before or anything that could happen. His very birth alone brought more unity to division than we've ever seen. And it was through his birth that we were given a hope that goes beyond any kind of normal hope, right? We were given a peace that goes beyond any kind of normal peace like we talked about. We were given through Jesus at this time a joy that goes beyond any kind of normal joy that we can experience. We talked about that last week. And today, we're going to talk about how that the birth of Jesus brought to us a love that went far beyond any kind of normal love that we can have ever experienced. Because when Christ was born, it reminded us, number one, that love is demonstrated by Christ. Love is demonstrated by Christ. Now, for those of us in the room, if you think about it for a minute, those of us who have had the wonderful privilege to be a parent or a grandparent 
or some of you in here have the wonderful, wonderful privilege of being a great grandparent. I can only imagine that. But anyway, uh, you know, all of us who have had that privilege, there's probably been at some point where in this experience of being a parent or grandparent or great-grandparent, we have wondered and maybe even speculated about what our child or grandchild or great-grandchild, you know, what they would grow up to be who they would grow up to become, who would, who would they influence with their lives, right? As parents and grandparents, we, we've done that, haven't we, at some point? I want you to listen how the Apostle John describes the person Jesus grows up to be after he's born because he demonstrates what love really is. 1 John chapter 4, if you want to flip over there. 1 John chapter 4, beginning in verse 7. 1 John chapter 4 Verse 7, it says this. John says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed us how much He loved us by sending His one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through Him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and His love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us His Spirit as proof that we live in Him and He in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testified that the Father sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. All who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in His love. God is love. And all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. Love's mentioned a lot right there in that passage, right? And what love really is, it's defined for us by Jesus in his life. You know, I think we could all agree on one thing. In a world with so much division, we could agree on at least one thing, and that is the world is filled with a lot of division, right? And it's full of a lot of hate. But you know, the ironic thing, it has always been full of hate and division ever since sin entered into the world. At that very moment, hatred entered the world. You know, sin is evil because it causes us to develop a heart that was meant to love, like we just read about, and what it does, it turns our heart to where we develop a heart for hatred and evil and wrong. And the only way that we're going to love each other and the only way that we're going to love each other enough to do away with all that divides us as a people is to do what Jesus did when he came to this earth, and that's to demonstrate love. That is what the Apostle John summarized about Jesus' life in that passage we just read, is that Jesus was nothing but love in the flesh, and he encourages us to live that same kind of way. Did you catch that verse about the way that people will know that God is love is through us? And so what kind of love does God see through 
you today. I want to call your attention back to verse 10 and 11. It says, this is real love. Not that we love God, because everybody here will say we love God, right? But it's not that we love God, but it's that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sin, that heart that wants to be hateful. Dear friends, since God has loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. That's what Christmas is all about, folks, is loving like Jesus did. Love is demonstrated by Christ living through us. Second thing that we see from this is that love is defined by Christ. Love is defined by Christ. You know, near the end of his earthly ministry, as he was gathering his disciples together for that last Passover meal together, I want you to look at what he tells them in John chapter 13. Just kind of flip back there. John chapter 13, beginning in verse 34. John chapter 13, verse 34 again. It says this, So now I am giving you a new commandment. Giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So what is this new commandment to love? It's not loving each other. That had been around for hundreds of years, right? God told us that from the very beginning, that we were to love him and to love others, right? So what is the new commandment? Well, the new part of the commandment is not to just love others, but to love others like Jesus loved others. That's the new commandment, is to love others like Jesus loved others. Well, that brings a whole new way of looking at it, right? You see, Jesus grew up redefining how to love for us, how to love unconditionally, not with all these things that you had to match up and do and that you had to meet a certain criteria to be loved. He taught us how to love unconditionally, did he not, while he was here on this earth. He taught us how to love others irregardless of their skin color. He went to all colors. And he taught us how to love people of different means than us, socioeconomically, that if they didn't make as much money or they made more money. I mean, he hung out with kings and he hung out with paupers, did he not? He taught us how to love differently. He redefined how to love other people. He taught us how to love people regardless of their position or their title. He taught us how to love people regardless of their family background. He taught us how to love people especially despite their personality and their disposition, right? Because we have to admit if we're human that some people are just easier to love than others, right? And I see some elbows kind of going around that way. I saw that, yeah. But, you know, it is, it is true. But Jesus redefined for us how to love unconditionally. But here is the most important part of this whole deal here is, is he said, how are people going to know that you're followers of me? How are, how are people going to know that you are a Christian? How are people going to know that you are different, that you are a representative of all that I came to earth to be about? And he said, it'll be by the way that you love one another. How you show love to one another. Not, look, look, folks, we need to get this right. It's not by how much we come to church, although we need to come. It's not how much we read our Bible, although we need to do that. And I could go through a whole list of things. But all of those things, what results from all of that 
is we get our love redefined. Because, see, our hearts, because of our sin nature, wants to hate. And it wants to be selfish, right? But Jesus redefines that love as we come to church, as we read the Bible, as we pray, as we study, as we hang around with other Christians and we grow in our relationship with God. It redefines how we love one another. Because, see, the church hasn't always done a really good job, right, at loving other people. Hasn't always done that. And, and so, you know, it's real easy, though, to point our fingers at each other, right? And to say, yeah, you know, I, I do an okay job of loving, but over there, you know, so-and-so over there, I've noticed they don't do such a good job of loving, right? And, uh, and so it's easy to point our fingers at each other and do those kind of things, but in our cultural climate, we just can't afford to do that. We need to be very careful about how we look at one another. All right, we've got some uh, people that are taking care of the situation over there, so we're, we're going to pause for just a moment, let them take care of that. That happens sometimes. All right. I, I can't, can't see what's going on, but I will lead us in prayer. Father, you know what's going on, and so we just ask that you would intervene now at this time and uh, that you would just uh, help Whoever is ill at this particular moment in time, Lord, that you would just uh, reach down your hand, touch them. You are the great physician. Just uh, show them your love right now. Father, be with those that are taking care of them and just uh, help them to know exactly what is the best thing to do. It's, uh, uh, I'm sure help has been called and help will arrive. And so, Father, we just place this person in your hands and we ask in the name of Jesus that you would just step in and would intervene in this particular situation. And it's in the name of Jesus we ask it. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. All right, Miss Wanda is doing better. She's alert and conscious and doing well. And uh, so they are taking good care of it. The good thing for you to know is that if something happens to you here at Eastern Heights, you're going to be well taken care of because we got a lot of first responders. Let's give all of them a hand. Thank you all so much for taking care of that situation. And um, let me just lead us in prayer one more time for Miss Wanda. Lord, now that I know who it is, I just lift up Miss Wanda to you, Lord, and uh, whatever went on, we are grateful that she is conscious and doing better now, much more stable than she was earlier. And we just pray, Lord, you'd help them to figure out exactly what uh, caused this and to be able to remedy it. It would be something very minor. And we are grateful that she, she wants us to have church today. That's why she was here. She wants us to go on with our service and to glorify Christ. And so... That's what we are here to do this morning. But we, we lift her up to you, Lord, and we're grateful for uh, all of our medical personnel and doctors and nurses. And so we just pray that you would uh, use them now to bring her back to 100%. In Christ's name, we ask it and all God's people said. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. So we were talking about love, and we'll just kind of wrap it up here to, to talk about how that it was so, we were talking about how it's so easy as a church to to not love like we should, right? To not show and express love like we should to the world outside. And how easy it is to point our fingers at each other and go, you know, yeah, 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 you, and point across, you know, the other way. But really, Christmas is that time of year when we can look back and look deep down inside of us and go, you know, what kind of love are we really showing ourselves? What kind of love does God want to show through us? And so, you know... Here's the easiest way I can put it to you, okay? Just think right now or later on today, you know, 
what would you want somebody to do for you to show you that you love them? What would you want somebody to do for you that would show you that they loved you? Well, then just take that and do it for somebody else, right? Just do it for somebody else. That's how we show love. Well, to wrap it up, you know, we live in this culture of us and them. And like I said, it's nothing new. That This was what was going on when Jesus was born. It's what's going on today. And that's why Jesus' teaching was so radical. It was so radical. It's what got put him, it's what put him on the cross. Even Jesus himself said right after he started his ministry in Matthew 5, verse 43, he said this. He said, you have heard that the law says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That was the law. The law gave you permission to hate your enemy. We're going, yeah, I got that part down pat, right? But Jesus says, but I say to you, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. Jesus, ever since he hit this earth, he has tried to build a bridge between the division that exists among us. He spoke to the Samaritan woman at the well. When he did that, he broke all kinds of societal laws, right? Uh, he, he loved the tax collectors, that people hated. Everybody hated the tax collectors. He even made Matthew one of his disciples, one of the most hated tax collectors around. When a Roman soldier came up, a Roman soldier could come up and, and they could command that you as a citizen of that, that city, that you carry all of their gear, all of their battle gear, and that you were required by law to carry it for an entire mile, okay? And it was so they could rest and they could re refresh themselves just a little bit. And so you had to do that. And, and, and so Jesus came along and said, hey, if a Roman soldier comes up to you and says, hey, I don't want you to carry my battle gear for that mile, says, when you get to the end of that mile, just kind of look over at him and grin and keep on walking and carry it for one more mile. Carry it for an extra mile. And then when that Roman soldier turns to you and says, hey, what are you doing? You just say, WWJD. WWJD. What would Jesus do? Because Jesus would tell you to carry it that extra mile. So that's really the story of Christmas. That's the story of Christmas, is to express that kind of love where you go beyond. Because, see, when Jesus said, I'm, I'm telling you to love with a new commandment, I want you to love like I love, Jesus' love was a selfless kind of love, right? It was a different kind of love. It was a love like nobody had ever seen and nobody had ever experienced it. Yet Jesus says that he has given us, God says he has given us the capacity through Jesus, to have that same kind of love for other people. Not on our own. It's got to be through Him. So that's my encouragement to you today, is to figure out how you can build bridges instead of build walls, right? Between you and somebody else. It's got to start somewhere. So maybe it needs to start at home. I don't know. Maybe it needs to start at your workplace. Just build a bridge. Maybe one little step. And you're going, you don't know how wide this gap is between my divide with what I've got going on. And I don't. But I know a bridge begins one little step at a time. And so just figure out how to start building that bridge, whether it's at home or work or whether it's in a personal relationship. Or maybe it's somebody down the road that you don't even know. Let's be the Christmas kind of love this week 
that God, God would have us to be. And it's a different kind of love. It's a selfless, selfless love, not a selfish kind of love. Let's bow our heads together. Let's close our eyes. Jesus has invited us today to be selfless, to put other people first. And so I want to encourage you to be that gift that God gave us when he sent Jesus to the earth because God is love. Would you be love to someone this week? I think we can be. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17, it says, and this will be our benediction today, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Wow. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. May you be blessed today. May we love others by building bridges. May God continue to keep us safe, bring us back together. I hope that we'll see you on Christmas Eve as we celebrate Christ, who is hope, joy, peace, and love, and has come to be with us. May God bless you. Have a great rest of the day. And we will try to get you word about Miss Wanda as the day goes on. We'll try to get out an email to you and just kind of let you know what is going on with her. Thank you for your patience today. Pray that God use it because, see, you never know when you might need to show love to somebody. Thank you for showing love today. And uh, I know Miss Wanda is, is a lover of all people. She's a great example of love. So she, she was our example today, just wasn't the way she had wanted it to be. But, uh, but if we could love like Miss Wanda loves, we'll be doing something. Amen? Amen. All right, God bless you. Let's stand as we sing together, and then we'll be dismissed. God bless you. We hope you were encouraged by this message today. If you would like more details on our church, please visit us at ehbcstatesboro.org.